Hi, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to Expect a Miracle podcast. Uh, God richly bless you today. My very special guest coming up in a moment is Sean Foyt, premier worship leader across the United States, been in the media a great deal lately, and some controversies involved with it as well. Starting out at the Bethel Church in Reading, California, Reading, California, excuse me, uh, I believe he'll be a tremendous, tremendous blessing to you. If you enjoy praise, if you enjoy worshiping God, you're really going to want to hear from Sean. I believe it'll be a great blessing in your life. Sean, God bless you, and welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Good to be with you guys. Yeah. I know you were in Austin last night, uh, I understand. Uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on and how this all got started in your life. Yeah, we were uh, we were actually uh, kicking off the, uh, the new year right, uh, being in Texas, which has been really, really fun. Actually, I led worship for the first time in my life in a cowboy hat, which <laughs> felt <did>. pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it felt pretty good. It was pretty awesome. I got a bunch of those. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I mean, man, just the power of God in the midst of such a a crazy season that we're living in here in America, just to see the hunger for the presence uh, of God was just incredible. We had thousands that gathered in Houston and in Austin and, you know, just really feeling expectant for what's to come this year. How did you get um, started, Sean? How did this all start in your life? Well, you know, I, I've, I've uh, been leading worship for a long time. I've, I've been predominantly focused for probably about the last 15 years on uh, really uh, persecuted, dark, uh, uh, hard to reach nations around the world. I've probably been to, I would say, seven out of the top 10 most closed countries in the world, uh, bringing worship, establishing missions work, that kind of thing. And, you know, when the pandemic happened, um, all, all of our international trips were canceled and then the churches closed. And then you know, it just seemed like this, this, this fear was gripping the nation. And I really believe, you know, a lot of that's the enemy's plan to really silence the church, to keep us isolated, to keep us separated. And so it was in that season here in California when our, uh, you know, very, uh, uh, very, how do I say, interesting governor uh, really uh, declared that you cannot, you cannot sing in church anymore, you know, and yeah. ban singing. And that was really something that flipped a switch in me. And I was like, no, worship is the thing that we should be doing right now in the midst of this. And so we gathered spontaneously on the Golden Gate Bridge in the summer last year uh, with less than 24 hours notice. 400 people showed up on the bridge that day and we prophesied and declared and held a worship service in the middle of the bridge. And from then on, it just began to explode. The movement began to explode up and down the West Coast and then across America. Hey, as, as a side note, did you know you're not the first one to sing on the Golden Gate Bridge? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> did you know that in 1977, uh, I'm sure before you were born, uh, we did a television special in San Francisco. And I opened the show walking across the Golden Gate Bridge singing, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> with a helicopter, the Vietnam vet pilot and a camera, uh, cameraman's hanging out the edge of the of the helicopter, uh, videoing uh, that song. We opened the show with a golden gate. That's, of course, that's a focal point of San Francisco. Uh, Sean, I know that you've you faced a lot of criticism because mm -hmm. you have been doing this all across the country. You've been in places where they have canceled 
canceled your venue and you have gone across the street and, and had just as many thousands and thousands of people as you would have had in the arena. How have you handled that? How, how have you handled the media when they've come against you? Well, it's been it's been a process. I mean, you know, I, I ran as a conservative uh, before this in Congress in California, which is I thought would be, you know, the amount of backlash we received on my congressional run was really unprecedented. And I and, and I didn't realize that that was just a, a warm up for what we were going to receive in this season. Um, it's been really good. I mean, God has used the criticism and the media to really drive the movement and make it make it more well known attract people um you know it's just like anything that we see sometimes you know uh any news can be good news god can use it for his glory he can use it to draw people and so frequently you know when we go into a city you know we we do have levels of resistance we were just in austin and they barricaded the park that we were supposed to be in, you know, to worship. Now, now this is Texas, by the way, yeah. you know, and uh, it's the same park where they held a BLM protest and they had thousands of people that gathered in the city, you know, high fived them and gave them the park and said that they could do it. But the moment Christians want to gather and worship, we're all of a sudden a health hazard, you know, um, even though we're outside and we're socially distanced and we really haven't had one case of COVID attract uh, attached to you know the 54 cities that we've hosted so um you know but but the media it, it really it really reveals the, the the hypocrisy but it also reveals the 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 anger of of the ch- against the church and people really gathering to re- to exercise their you know first amendment right well, you, you're living in the we're living in the last days. There's no doubt about that. All these types of things are prophesied about in the Bible of how they're going to come against those who believe. And you're experiencing it firsthand. What are the people themselves saying to you, though, those who come to these worship events, those who get involved? What are they saying? What are the people saying? I mean, the people are coming because they're hungry for a touch of God. I mean, I've never seen in America in my life a greater desire for an encounter with Jesus, a greater desire for to receive healing, to receive miracle. I think because churches have been closed, there's we haven't been meeting that need. People are starving for connection, not only to one another, but connection to God. And then, of course, you have protesters and, you know, we've had satanic high priests. We've had Antifa show up at, at these gatherings. And What's amazing is I, a lot of times they end up giving their life to the Lord. They get arrested by the power of God. You know, they come to bring destruction and violence or agitation, and they leave carrying the peace of Jesus, you know. And we've had that happen on numerous occasions over the this last year. Mm. Uh, how has your family reacted to it? Because I know you're a family man. You have a wife and children. What, uh, how, how's, how, on the personal side, uh, Sean, how have they responded? Uh, you know, it's been unique. Uh, there's there's certain cities where you know my family has come and and, and been harassed. Uh, but then there's places where we come and you know I I threw my 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 daughter up there. She's ten years old up on the stage in Washington D.C. and we had about forty thousand people there, and she got to lead everybody in a prayer, mm-hmm. calling for revival in her generation, and it was just a powerful, powerful moment. I think. My heart is I want to reframe the narrative for my kids so that when they look back on 2020 or they look back on this season, they don't think about, you know, 
just the pandemic and the fear mongering news, but they remember Jesus breaking out on the streets of Portland. They remember revival. They remember that, you know, hundreds getting baptized, you know, in the river there outside of Portland. Uh, they, they remember, you know, going to San Diego and watching, watching people, you know, fall prostrate in the sand, giving their life to Jesus. That's really been my heart is how can we, how can we reveal and release the narrative of heaven over the lives of our kids in this season and not just what the media wants us to see and hear. What about when you got to Minneapolis? Yeah, Minneapolis was intense. Uh, I mean, uh, the first time (laughs) that we gathered in that city, it was literally burning and they were riding every night and we connected. Uh, We were invited by uh, African-American local pastors, local church pastors that were hosting a, a, a really a revival down there on 45th in Chicago. And so we were honored to be a part of that and, and experience the power of God in the midst of the, the mayhem. And uh, I've really never seen anything like it. You know what we and that was that was a, a big part of our early beginnings. What do you feel, uh, Sean, about America in the sense of where America is is going? Do you think there is do you feel there's a hunger for God like you've never seen before? Or do you feel that people are sitting back with their arms folded? Do they do they really want to engage and be involved or or do we believe what the media is saying about America? You know, I think uh, I feel like in America, uh, we are at a, you know, we're at a, there's a definitely a line in the sand for the church. I think that um, we can no longer dabble in the, you know, the cultural uh, lethargy and compromise. And even on the values and the, and the things that we take a stand for, I think now is the time for us to to be bold and courageous. And I think that that's what we're noticing when we get in the presence of God, we're getting filled with courage, just like Paul and Peter and the disciples did. But, you know, I think it's an hour. I, I, we, we use the phrase revival or bust, you know, if we don't have revival uh, in this nation, we are headed to a very dark place. And so for the sake of the, of the, of the next generation, we got to have a move of God, you know, that turns the hearts of the children's to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children as it prophesies in the book of Malachi. Well, worship to me has always helped me to enter into the presence of God so that I can hear the word of God and hear from God. It's an atmosphere that is set. Uh, but there's a difference in my mind, at least, Sean, there's a, there's a difference between uh, people singing who are performing uh, mm-hmm. and, and also those who are really worshiping, making it about God instead of making it about themselves. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of performance in the church for a long time. Um, and I think that we kind of have gotten used to the three fast, three slow, you know, wrap it up in a bow. It's very predictable. It's very safe. Um, but I think if you look at the, the worship, especially uh, um, whether it's revival history or whether it's throughout the New Testament or even the Old Testament, you see that the, the, the acts of worship that really provoke the heart of God or bring, bring a change are the radical ones, mm-hmm. are the ones that are, you know, Mary pouring out her finest as a, just a mess before Jesus, you know, and it says the fragrance filled the room or it's Paul and Silas in prison and they're beaten and they're bloody and they just start crying out, you know, from the depths of their heart or it's David, you know, who strips down and dances in his underwear. I mean, these are radical displays of adoration and praise. And I think that that's the season that the church has to move into. 
out of the safe comfort of predictability into the place of radical adoration that's really going to move the heart of God and that's going to bring a shift over our communities and our cities and our nation. Now, you say you've been in about 54 cities with these types of, of worship rallies. What have you learned that you wish you had known a few years ago? You know, I think I've learned that just that just worship, there's a there's a consistency, um, you know, uh, w- regardless of the political climate or, um, you know, what the mayor thinks or the governor or the city officials or whatever. The moment that you, str- you, you strum that first chord and you get into the presence of God, it's like it, everything becomes easy. There's a grace that's released. It just cuts through the, the crap, if you will, of whatever's taking place in the division over the city. Um, and we've seen, you know, altar calls and ministry uh, are so easy. And I think a lot of times easier in the cities where there's greater resistance. Um, it's like there's an atmosphere of intimidation that wants us to be quiet. But the moment we open our mouth up, it's almost like heaven just invades that place. And we found that in the cities where it's most difficult, that's where we're seeing the greatest breakthroughs take place. You have any regrets? Uh, probably. <laughs> Maybe it's too early on. Uh, Sean, when I... Uh... When I come into a service, um, I, I sort of have an own my own personal gauge. I don't know if you if you feel the way that I do, but uh, when tears come to my eyes, um, and and I, I I burst out crying, I know I'm feeling the presence of God. Yeah. And if if I don't if that doesn't happen, then uh, it doesn't happen for me. Uh, I was relating a story uh, to someone earlier today, and just something that happened many years ago. And just beginning to tell it, I began to weep uh, because I remembered what I felt. Have you experienced that? And do you see that in the lives of people when they come? Do, do, do you see do you see people not only worshiping, but also weeping in the presence of God? Yeah. Oh, man, we had a guy this, you know, just I, I just love the, the individual testimonies. Um, they're just so powerful. And, and every time I get home from from a trip, you know, my 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 mail is filled with either well it's filled with a number of things uh a a lot of hate mail yes and then a lot of a lot of mail of encouragement and and donations and support um and i was i was really moved uh uh specifically from this family that you know their church was closed and they drove i think they drove 11 hours one way to come and experience jesus and uh the uh the 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 wife had a terminal illness and uh, they were just hungry to experience God. And and so they drove 11 hours. And and the moment we began to enter into worship, she felt a release and a healing and actually got a doctor's report that she was healed from her chronic illness that had been bothering her for years. So, I mean, those are the the things that I, I know, I know above the the hysteria the media likes to blow and, and masks or no masks and this or that or COVID restrictions. I know that Jesus is faithful. And when we call in his name and when we worship him, he'll show up, you know, and, and, and people will get healed and saved and delivered. We had a, a large uh, Hispanic uh, guy that was in the back of the service in Houston. And I, when we were worshiping, I was just looking at him and he kind of had a hard look on his face. And I'm like, God, you're going to get this guy. You're going to get this guy with your presence. And when it came time for the altar call, 
you know, uh, I, I paused and hesitated after numerous people came down front because I was waiting for this guy and the piano just began to play and, and you could just feel the presence of God. And finally, this guy responded to the altar call, came down just weeping before the Lord. So I love those testimonies. They keep us going. Yeah, those testimonies are fabulous. Uh, what's in the future, Sean? What do you what do you feel is next? Where are you going? What What's coming up next? Uh, we're going to be this weekend. Uh, well, actually, next weekend, we're going to be in um, uh, in Orange County and we're going to be in San Diego. And then at the end of the month in January here, we're going to be in uh, Jacksonville, Florida and West Palm Beach. And so you guys can keep in touch on that. If you go to letusworship.us, again, that's letusworship.us. You can find our schedule we're still kind of feeling it out and really just following the wind of the Holy spirit. This is a very unique thing for me. I'm, I'm normally a planner, you know, I'm normally a, you know, but, but we're just, I feel like the Lord is like showing us every day where to go, what to do. And we're just kind of on a wild ride. Well, Sean, I want you to know how thrilled I am with what you're doing, that you're obeying the Lord. And as I look back over the years, I remember when you were a, a student, uh, I remember uh, watching you then and seeing you now. I am so thrilled and so proud of you and what you're doing for the glory of God. You remind me of the disciples of old. You are a modern day disciple. You even look like one. <laughs> and and I thank God for that. You are you are extremely real. And I'm so grateful to God that you're doing what you're doing. And thank you so much, Sean, for coming on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. You are such an encouragement. Well, I thank, thank you. You. Uh, you and I talked on the phone several times over the past couple of months, especially after you were up in Minneapolis. And I just honor the Lord in your life and your ministry. And I, I want you to give my very best to your wife and your children and uh, to well, let them know that we're praying for you every day. God richly bless you. And those you. of you who are watching this podcast in, in Southern California, where he, areas that he's coming, I urge you, I urge you to get out. Not only to support him, but get out and be a part of an event that will that has the potential of changing lives all over the world. So, Sean, thank you so much for being a part of this. God bless you. God bless you. And too. thank you all for watching Expect a Miracle a podcast with Richard Roberts. If you'd like to make contact with us, our Abundant Life Prayer Group is always ready to receive your call for prayer. The number is 918 918- Four nine five seven 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 seven. Over the years of operating the prayer group, we've had more than 25 million telephone calls for prayer. We're ready to pray. Not only will they pray, but I will. Uh, they will bring the prayer request to me. I'll pray. I'll lay my hands on your prayer request, and I'll believe God with you for a miracle. Or you can also contact us online at oralroberts.com slash prayer. I'll be back next week with another outstanding guest. So see you next time on Expect a Miracle. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expect a Miracle. We hope you will share it with your friends. And we want to give you a free resource this week to help you focus on the positive. Download your free copy of 10 Positive Declarations today at oralroberts.com bookstore. Start declaring who God says you are today and expect a miracle.